Welcome to Black Hollywood Live on, on Joke the Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Excuse me. Uh, today, SpaceX launches a rocket and lands a rocket. Uh, Uber CEO calls for an investigation, and the Jetsons cars come into life. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. Uh, most deaf and Nate Dog, the late great Nate Dog. Um, Wow, nice choice. You picked this and one? And Feral Much. I mean, I picked most of them, bro. You picked all of them. Who else picks it? I missed the uh, exchange where you picked this one. I'm like, Marissa, coming out, right. digging in the crates with some Feral Much. Um, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, by the man you just heard, Akili Shan. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. Uh, everything is well, man. It's a lot of great stuff happening in the world of technology, in the world yeah. of popular culture. So it's, things are well, man. What about yeah. yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm hanging in there. I've just been sort of uh, busy and, 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 and running all over the place, but uh, not blind to all the things that have been happening in, in, in pop culture and tech and, and politics as well. Um, so I wanted to talk about, well, the first thing is we have the Oscars coming up this week, so... Um, you know, well, maybe we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that after the fact. But uh, you know, as we as we go towards the Oscars, uh, you know, any 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 predictions, any thoughts? No, I have no predictions. I mean, I have hopes. Uh, I think we discussed this before. I mean, it's it's a great year for you know how Black folks are represented mm-hmm. represented um, in film. Um, we have a strong, diverse outpouring of of just great filmmaking um, from the documentary space all the way to you know traditional narrative filmmaking. And I think that to have one or two win that would be awesome. So yeah. um, I'm just looking forward to see you know what happens. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that you know. We've gotten on the main stage this year. You know, last year we, it was a drought, so I'm happy to see that. You know, we have we have a, a little bit more saturation. Yeah, so. we, have, we have three shots to do in the best picture category. You know, with, with uh, Hidden Figures, Fences, and Moonlight. Right. Uh, I mean, do, do you think do you think it will take out La La Land? I mean, if if I were voting, I would say absolutely yes. I mean, yeah. I, I have La La Land. I just watched it um, a couple of days ago. But I, I don't think that's better than Fences. I don't think that's better than uh, Hidden Figures. What do you mean? Um, right. Okay. Of stars. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying that it's not a good film. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm just saying that I think that they're in the category of best picture. I think that uh, Fences and definitely Hidden Figures yeah. um, take the cake. So. Yeah, I talked about this last time we were on um, Hidden Figures really blew me away in terms of just being a great all-around movie. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, last thing, I'm, right, I'm reminded of Aziz, when Aziz Ansari was on uh, SNL. They did a whole skit about him not loving Moonlight and, and getting, uh, getting interrogated by cops. It was really, really funny. I don't know if you've seen that. Let me check that out. Anyway, um, we'll, here we go. We'll, we'll, we'll start off where politics and technology intersect. Uh, our president, um, the president of the United States, we should say, um, uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, is, is, is under fire. Shocker. Um, this time is for his use of his uh, broke-ass, insecure Android phone. Now, I remember there's a big kerfuffle when Obama was really, like, not wanting to give up, you know, his phone. He loved it so much, and they, you know, Secret Service made him do it and change and get, get him to a secure phone. Uh, Trump is just like, 
on the Android out at Mar-a-Lago, just, just tweeting away, doing all kind of stuff, like unsecure as all hell. Uh, so Congressman called an investigation into this, into this phone. I mean, this this is not necessarily a shot at at, at and, the Android folks, but like, I mean, I don't know. What do you think of this? I mean, I think you know we've you know in the last few presidencies we've entered into the age of mobile communication, so this will always be a problem um, with you know our commander in chief and keeping things that are supposed to be secured secured and so right. I think that you know I mean there is a transition transitional period where each president has to go through like you just mentioned Obama was very much so attached to his Blackberry yep. and I mean it took him it took him a minute to to adopt and move over I think to an iPhone but I, I think Trump will eventually do it I mean they already say he's not really a big on email um, he's more of like he said he has you know Twitter fingers, um, but I think the concern is that someone could hack into his phone and um, download or or put put out some malware that will be able to l- lock onto other things that are within the White House, and yeah. that's the concern that they'll be able to siphon maybe from someone else's phone or someone else's laptop because of his you know ir- disregard to not give up this phone. So. Yeah, it, it's I mean whatever I'm again, but the the thing that just strikes me is just makes me insane, fills me with rage. Is all the all of the things that were brought up about Hillary Clinton and the email server? The whole thing with the email server is that like she's being careless and with secrets and right. and, and classified information. How careless she's being? How she's not fit because she's so careless and, blah, 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 and the emails? What she hiding? And this well, this dude is at Mar-a-Lago, like with laptops open, looking at documents with cell phone lights in a plain view, like talking to golfers. He's got the Android phone. It's like, he's the president. Like, this is serious. I I can't... uh, Anyway, it's a big deal. Uh, We get the idea. (laughs) Moving on. Um, SpaceX launched a rocket uh, and landed a rocket. And, uh, you know, um, we... I got a little, like, like, like yeah, they hit us both up separately to say, check it out. And then they aborted, they aborted the launch because uh, the window's so small. And then they were able to, to launch it again. And uh, it was pretty cool, right? Yeah, I think it was phenomenal. I mean, the most the most uh, crazy part to me was, the, was how it comes back into the atmosphere and lands. Like, typically, yeah. you know, with the space program, NASA, you know, it's going to land in the ocean or it's going to land like a typical airplane. But this thing is, like, literally landing um, vertically, you know, and I think that is pretty phenomenal to shoot something up into space um, and then to be able to have the mathematics and be able to have the exactitude to have it come right exactly where you need it and safely land. I yeah. Think that's, that's, and I mean, clearly this is preparing us to colonize other planets and moons, so I think this is this is a huge step um, for that process to begin, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I agree, and it's, it, but it's it's we, I just so amazing that they have the technology to be able to. It's one thing to be able to launch it and land, but they're able to launch it and land and then relaunch it, you know, so presumably back to Earth. I, I imagine at some point that, yeah. that 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 that's the trick. But I guess the step step one is step one. Um, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It reminds you of like what you would see in the old fifties and sixties. Uh, rocket ships where they would come, they would land vertically, right, and, and right. we'd never be like, "That's ridiculous! That'll never happen." Right. And then <laughs> here we are, like this, this, this giant rocket just landing. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's cool. And in watching the video, I mean, it's, it just makes you feel like a kid in the sense that you know you hear in the background. I mean, you don't know who's really in the background, but you hear a lot of noise in the background, cheers, and just yeah. you know, ex- exaltations of joy right. because uh, with each phase of it happening. So, like the rocket boosters would come, on, like yeah, I mean, yeah, step yeah. one, we did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
another another phase will happen. I mean, I think that's awesome because I mean, so, <laughs> millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, are invested to make this happen. Absolutely, and each level, you know, has its intrinsic risks, and and, think, and the entire teams that work on exactly. it exactly, and so and to have each one pass, you know, right. I think that's awesome. Yeah, to have those people work together, and yeah, if you're the team that like just making sure you leave the atmosphere, making sure that that booster one fires, that like, that's a, that's a huge deal, and it kind of reminds me of what they. Uh, fictionalized in the book and the movie and the Martian sort of mm-hmm. that like like all the sort of people working problems solving problems and um, and working together to make stuff happen like yeah. you know Donald Glover's character and all this stuff that was I thought that was really really cool I agree with you like, it's, it's, it's good to see um, and, and, and I, want, I have one more thing this is kind of just reminds you of like what was so exciting about the space program in the 60s um, in the, in the, in the, all through the 60s and then being in the 70s a little bit and then again back in the 80s with the space shuttle program it's like we were all excited about, you know, mm-hmm. there was something we'd all gather on TV and check out. Yeah, it's a moment. It's a moment, and people were genuinely excited and, and, and about all that stuff. So I don't know. I think that um, it, it's very cool. Uh, moving on, speaking of still SpaceX, uh, your boy. Uh, yeah, I'll, go ahead. I, I just, my last note on that. Yep. I just wonder if there's any hidden figures as it relates to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, there are. I'm sure, um, uh, there has to be. I wonder what that what that looks like. I wonder if it's a, you know, you know, like everything else. Is it a team outsourced in India? Is it a team of people in India like out, who outsourced all the all the, all the math to? Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there are people. Um, and and uh, and not just Watson, right? You know? Um, so, uh, Elon Musk, who is a guy who is on record talking about his fears of AI and deep AI sort of taking over like in, in, in a matrix way uh, he's like warns of this mm-hmm. um, he's sort of saying that like and it's almost if you can't meet him join him theory that like uh, that artificial intelligence and, and, and humans you need to sort of like uh, join forces in order to be able to move forward to the next uh, next next uh, level but the way he's saying it is in a way that's more like Westworldy. Like like in a humanoid way. Um, when I first read it, I thought it was like, oh, he means like, yeah, we'll have to work with Watson. He's like, no, 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 we'll have to actually merge. He sort of sees to become these sort of superhumans. Um, Elon Musk, who's a super smart guy, has a lot of crazy science fictiony theories. But like, he's so smart, it's hard not to listen to him. What do you think of this? I mean, I don't think this is a theory. I think it's inevitable. I think that we are past the point of no return as it relates to our computational abilities and what computers and artificial intelligence will begin to do. And I think, you know, the theorists and science fiction writers that, you know, kind of like exposed this, you know, decades decades ago, I think it's really happening. What he's saying, I think, is absolutely correct. Like, I mean, we are we are already seeing, you know, human biology and computer technology merging, synthesizing. Right. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, it's going to come to a point in time where it gets better and better. And, like, to have a machine that can actually outthink you, like, you want, how, how do you protect yourself? So, what he's suggesting is that the only way to protect yourself is to become part machine. Oh, so He's already preparing for the war. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I know that, you know, a lot of people are, are more Luddite in their philosophy and, and being anti Tech, um, technological, me, exactly. But I think it's inevitable. I think you know, it's, it's the 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 leak in the dam is already you know 
already been been plucked, you know. So right. I feel like you know it's gonna it's gonna be a huge break, you know, in the next coming decade or two. You know, we're gonna start to see some real serious advancements in this in this in this area of technology. And let me ask you, how does that manifest itself? Is that is that like a like a chip that goes in your brain that sort of helps enhance your brain? Is it all? I mean, I, I get the whole sort of like artificial limbs and 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 and, and organs and things like that and smart technology. Is it like DC Comics Cyborg from the Justice League? Absolutely. I mean, how does that? How does that? Look, what does that look like? I definitely think it's, it's exactly that. I think it's giving us, you know, uh, a higher degree of intelligence. You know, be, being able to have a, a stronger sense of meta thinking. Like we we do good. Of, we humans do good of thinking and analyzing and observing stuff, but computers do a better job of the meta thinking. Like for instance, a, fo- a photograph is a piece of information, but the metadata of that photograph has all the exposure settings, has all the shutter speed. Humans can't process all that immediately, you right. know, a computer can. So to be able to have that ability, I think that will put you on, on par with the computer. Right. So not only are you, not only do you have the emotionality of being human, but now you also have the analytical skills to be able to decipher stuff and be able to juxtapose things just as fast as a computer can. Right. Wow. That's that, that's that's crazy. Uh, so, wow. Moving on. I mean, Elon. He he, he seems to be on the, on the cutting edge of all this stuff. Uh, so, Apple finally has bought uh, a facial um, recognition company called Real Face. Uh, not very original name, but like called Real Face, and uh, you know, making the next move away from the fingerprints to possibly, you know, being able to look at your phone and it and it and it works. I mean, this is how my Xbox works right now your xbox too you walk right. up and it says hello you know joe and uh you recognize your face and this face recognition is not a new technology but having it uh in your phone uh along with other biometrics seems kind of like inevitable i mean it, 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 i guess this isn't crazy news but we're, we're marching towards the iphone 10 right you know which which will supposed to change the game what do you think of this i think it's good um as it relates now, like I'm sure that having to put your fingerprint um, into the phone requires a, requires a, a, a engineering feat that you know can be minimized or it's pretty much taken out with the facial recognition because it's just really the, the camera, you know. And so I think it's more software based, and I think that will maybe help them design a better or faster, cheaper um, smartphone, iPhone. And right. so I, I like the fact that you know instead of having to um, put my fingerprint in, it can be able to detect my face. And I think those things are just as uniquely, um, uh, what am I trying those, those things are, are just as unique as a fingerprint. And so I think that would be kind of interesting to be able to, you know, purchase an app with, you know, just, you know, putting your phone up to your face or buy a, buy groceries or pay for a restaurant tab, you know, just by putting your phone up. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that would be kind of cool, you know. Is, I, I, you know, I wonder the difference between, I don't know, like, this biometric stuff, like, facial recognition versus retina recognition. It seems like the retina stuff is a little more, um, like, more like a fingerprint, and the face is, I guess the face is pretty, depends on how, how I guess like how intricate they get with the facial recognition, but I, yeah. I would imagine that the facial can be faked more than the retina. Absolutely. I mean, what happens if you're twins or what yeah, happens exactly. if, you know, I mean, you, you look like your, 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 your father or right. whatever, like how, how will they be able to delineate who is who? So I get it. Like, aging. I don't right. like you age in a beard. You have, you, have, you have to reshoot it. Like, yeah. You lose weight, you know? So that, 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 those are good questions. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting. Well, I mean, cause with your fingerprint, your fingerprint doesn't do any of those things. It right. is what it is. And it's, you only have that fingerprint in the whole world. Right. Your face. I mean, people could actually 
that could probably I mean we see it all the time in like movies like Mission Impossible and stuff like that where they actually can put on a face yeah you know exactly <laughs> um, so. I also think about um, the new iPhone allegedly will have um, you know it, it'll be all screen with no button home button wasp be the screen so you can touch it anywhere and it, and it recognizes your fingerprint now, now, so that, that seems like the way to me but whatever I mean Apple seems to They've acquired them, so they're doing something with it. Seems like that that acquisition was pretty low. There's only two M's for that acquisition. That 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 surprised me that it was so cheap for them to acquire it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe the, I mean, maybe they're the failing facial recognition software maybe. company, and maybe they, maybe Apple just got it for us, got it for a song. I mean, they say, uh, and maybe maybe it's for something else. Maybe it's for their the new uh, Apple Television that's coming out. Hey, Who knows? Maybe. You know. Um, anyway, uh, Uber is again in some more hot water. I mean, they, they Uber was already under fire for. Uh, you know, um, my man Travis Kalanick was already on fire for cozying up to Trump, uh, and, and people didn't like that. Um, and now, uh, one of his employees, Susan Fowler, like alleged that uh, there was some basically some sexual harassment gone that went on, and she reported to the H- HR, and HR sort of gave it the like, you know, the old what were you wearing? Like, you know, like maybe you shouldn't have been wearing that skirt. Right. Uh, so, uh, that, that, that's caused a, a big, a big issue. And Travis just tweet, tweeted out, um, basically what's described here is in horror and I'm against everything we believe in. We believe in anyone who believes that way in this company and thinks this is okay. will be fired. Bam. And then he went on to say, we instructed, um, um, our, 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 our uh, chief of human resources uh, to do an urgent investigation. This cannot be a place for behavior at Uber. It, the two questions. I mean, obviously, no one you know, agrees with that. But, like, you have to, the culture of this has to come from somewhere, right? I mean, why, the, the, every time you see these companies like Fox, whatever, it has to do with the culture. It's weird that a human resource person would, like, would allow this to happen, number one. Number two, like, Uber, man, PR, they have a bad PR the year. What do you think of this? How bad would this hurt them? I mean, I think they are having a bad PR moment, um, back-to-back moments. Um, but I think it, you know, it's like when you when you start, well, it's like a domino effect. When one thing happens, another thing happens. And so I think, I mean, as it relates to the issue, I think that a, a big part of, of the problem is what we often talk about in terms of Silicon Valley about diversity in these companies um, with, with, with ethnicity and gender. The fact that, you know, women employees are so low in the, in the, uh, the chambers of a lot of these companies like I think a lot of that chauvinistic and and male, um, the, the, the what am I trying to say? The male kind of like mindset, like it's kind of is the culture of the company, and I, I think that a lot of those things probably are become do become acceptable and become something that women have to deal with, and I think that's where it needs to stop. Like we need more diversity in the ranks. We need more women represented. We need more people of color represented, and I think that's when you'll start to see more sense of mutuality and respect and. Um, in, in terms of him taking a stand and saying they'll be fired, I mean, if you if you really dig into this report and what this woman, um, kind of like w- was saying in in, in her in her uh, in her blog, was that they're not just saying it's her fault, but they're saying, hey, we'll give we'll give him a punishment, but they're not giving him a punishment. They're giving right. him pass after pass after pass after pass. And so I think that is the problem, and I think that's really going to do damage to Uber as a company. Like the fact that I mean. 
you get, you're getting a hinge of corruption, you know, in the fact that, hey, as you as you equated with the Trump thing, hey, we'll pick up drivers from the airport versus taking a stand with the people that are protesting. Or yeah. I'll be on Trump's advisory board. Or now now that you're disrespecting and um, demeaning women and you're not doing anything about it to enforce that, that's going to have some major effects on the company. Yeah, it's gonna the lead Uber campaign is still going. Yeah, know? I mean, you, you make an excellent point about sort of like what side do you land on, on these things? I mean, people say all the time, you know, conservatives are you know are usually always on the wrong side of history you know what I mean? and and then and they say even in this moment right now what's happening um in this trump moments when history right you know when, when you look back at history what side what did you do all these all these sort of senate republicans and house republicans who are like co-signing with trump like history's not gonna look, look well on them <laughs> when i look back like where were you did you did you you know and it's the same thing with uber like yeah. where were you when these people were protesting where were you when there's opportunities to take a stand right like that those are things that are gonna they're, they're gonna like stick stick with them i believe absolutely um, i think it's shameful bro in, in a department in an engineering department of 150 people they have five women that work there yeah uh, how, is, how is that possible? Well, this is this is my earlier point. I mean, these things don't come out of thin air. It, it, it starts from a culture that, like, the, it, it's the same thing at Fox News with the Roger Ailes thing. It's a it's a systemic culture within the company. These things don't just pop up like, oh, we had, oh, we had a we had a flare up, you know? Like, no, it's like you. you this is this is it's the, the company companies are, are that way because it's a top down philosophy of who you put in management. How you know what the, how these people treat people, and obviously, if you're in human resources and you think this is okay, then that that comes from the top down. That, that so that you know, I don't know. I I, I think that uh, it's it's. I don't buy the the uh, the CEO jumping on like, whoa, what's going on in my company? I will fire everyone. Okay, well, it's, you you set the tone of your company, dude. Absolutely. You, it's your company. So, anyway. Um, Moving on. Speaking of uh, people who set tone for the company, your boy is Zuckerberg. Uh, Facebook wants to help you find a job. Look, uh, so Facebook has a sort of new initi- initiative, I imagine, that will sort of help uh, 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 users find employers and employers find users a la... Um, LinkedInMonster.com. LinkedIn, LinkedIn Monster is the one I'm thinking of. Um, that I can't think of right now. But anyway, yeah, uh, uh, those people. Um, and it's... Fine, I think that's all. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing about this, the thing about Facebook, I just as I was reading the story, the thing I realized about Facebook that drives me crazy is I don't believe that Mark Zuckerberg does anything to like they do this thing where it's like we do this for the betterment of the culture and the people, and it's always about the bottom line of Facebook. I mean, it's so transparent to me. I know every company, company, every company like does that. that. I know it's like I know, I know Burger King ain't looking out for me. <laughs> Thank you. When they bring a new Whopper, I know that. All right, but <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is, is that like the the idea that like you know we're I don't know. I, I think this is being. I guess what I'll say about this is it's a sham. It's a way, obviously, to get more money from businesses and, and people in and get more users and uh, good for them but don't tell me we're helping you we're helping the economy and helping jobs and helping create stuff I mean I think they are I mean I I think that it's, it's a little bit of both of course they want to expand as a company of course they want to make gobs of money of course they want people to stay in their ecosystem but if they can figure out a way to do all those things and make it easier for people to find jobs right. and for employers to contact the to, to siphon the best talent I think that's great I mean what's the difference between LinkedIn doing it what's the difference between a monster.com or anyone else that's doing it? or the traditional um, looking up on Craigslist or whatever right. you know like, zip recruiter is what I'm thinking of anyway, I mean I think it's I think it's okay like I, I I feel that 
I mean, is it, is that something, is that a resource that I will use? Probably not. Um, but I could see it being very useful for people that are maybe looking for a source of employment or very useful for a company, like I said, trying to, you know, attract the very or, or groom the very best talent. I mean, everyone uses Facebook, 1.6 billion users. Like, yeah. why not? Yeah. And we already know Facebook, you know, has a strategy of taking a look at their competitors and, you know, watching them for a while. Okay, Vine, we'll see what you're going to do. Okay, Snapchat, we'll see what you're going to do. Okay, LinkedIn. We saw what you've done. Now we're going to come and do it much better right. and kill you off. Right. Like, I feel that's great. You don't? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fine business. I, I don't look, I don't, I respect the hustle from a business standpoint. They got to do what they can to sort of win. I just don't appreciate this sort of like fake, like, you know, we're doing it for the people attitude. But so what company co- has a good balance of that, in your opinion? Burger King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Uh, moving forward, YouTube. I think Google does, but that's a separate thing. Uh, you know, YouTube, uh, Google is skipping their thirty-second mandatory ad ads, which I think is a great idea uh, to be able to figure out what what they could do. Although, uh, you know, they've 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 shifted them to twenty-second ads, which isn't that bad, but, but still. It's nothing worse than YouTube than sitting and having to sit through a giant thirty second but ad. Not 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 just that, it's mid roll too. So it's not like you have to watch the ad before you start the video. Like yes. you're in the video, you watch it for a few minutes or seconds and then the ad comes in. Yeah. So Yeah, that, that, that which 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 is which is horrible. So they, the the vector of doing away this is also or figuring out better ways to make and this is what I'm talking about. You figure out better ways to still make your money and service your, your uh, advertisers and make money, but also make sure your users have a good experience. Yeah, well, I mean, they're making sure their users have a good experience so they stay there. Yeah. If they're not having a good experience, they will leave. So they're not, doing, they're not doing it just because we want you to have a good experience. They're, they're looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking out for the people. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to the, uh, the, the Jetsons-style flying car, which is not quite a Jetsons-style flying car because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a damn helicopter. But um, the P-Val, the, 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 the P-Val Liberty, uh, I don't know how this works because I... I, I so, so you, do you have to like obviously you have to have a, a, a license what's the FAA um, you know situation with this thing would you buy one of these like what's what's going on with this car I mean the FAA says the law the law the current law says that for, for to take off and land you have to do it on a, on a, 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 a traditional runway you can't just be like on the highway on the freeway on, yeah. your, on your residential street like I'm going up yeah you traffic <laughs> right. I, I wish you could that would right. be fresh and the fact that it's half a million dollars it's kind of kind of steep price point but I like the fact that it has a prototype I like the fact that you know a, a vehicle a design um, of this exists and I think it'll only get better and cheaper and those FAA regulations will you know soften and who knows maybe when we have maybe maybe you know a couple years from now a decade from now we might be flying our own car yeah i mean maybe it's just it's just so crazy because there's just so much collision risk and there's so much like you know things happening but i guess like because it's so much vector flying i mean like uh, what do you call it vfi it's with line of sight flying only which is which is crazy but i guess what they're saying is with all this new drone technology out there you know the, the the onboard computers make it such that, especially with something like this, which is basically they're they're sort of saying it's like a giant drone. You know, you can't run into shit because mm-hmm. it, it won't let you do that, right. like, much like a drone will. So mm-hmm. that that kind of makes you feel a little better. But you, know, you read these stories. I was I was just on a plane over the weekend, and it's like you read these stories of uh, 
like your boy Harrison Ford, you know, yeah. just getting in midair collision. It's these folks that I mean, the, the 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 traffic is so air traffic is so already heavy, right. you know, in these major in the major cities, and then you add drones, you add people flying their own cars. I mean, it's just it, it it scares me. No, it's definitely scary. Um, but I think you know that's where in- innovation. There's room for innovation. Like, how can we better manage the air? How can we better make you know ma- make sh- in- in- ensure the safety of of aircraft and and passengers? Like, I think someone's going to come along with you know a really innovative system that will organize you know what's happening up there. And right. so uh, I think it'll, it'll give more opportunity for there be, for there to be more quantity of of air traffic. So right. <clears throat> Well, we'll see. Let's move, we'll keep moving on. Um, this is a company called Gridiron Labs, which has designed this new football helmet that they think may be the football helmet of the future. And I, I kind of agree. It looks kind of it, it's dope. It's got um, not only is it sort of like you know sort of anti has also the help help you with the, all your concussion protocol and, and and maybe help with some of that stuff. But it's got the the the, the uh, full visor with all of the uh, readout stuff. And I wonder if that's you know, if that's going to be perceived as enhanced, as a, when it was performance enhancing, if that's going to be seen as cheating, if you can, as a quarterback, could like have all the stuff to see more in the field, like you can always, have, you already have the, uh, the, uh, af, uh, I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator in your ear. What if you have a visor and you see routes? He's open and you throw it. I mean, is that the future of, uh, you know, is that the future? I mean, what do you think of this stuff? Um,. I don't. I don't know if if it would be considered cheating if everyone has it. Right. Um, however, would it be cheating if someone augmented the technology? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Bill we're check. Too, <laughs> right. <laughs> we're we're too far away from from those things, but they're very plausible. Um, yeah. In terms of the helmet, as it relates to safety and preventing concussions, and you know, just the overall um, safety of, of the athlete, I think that's good. If there's a way that you know we could still have the the combat aspects of the game and and the and the you know the aggressiveness of the game and still be able to protect the players and and ensure safety for not only them but their families, I think that's great. Right. And then inserting the technology, I mean, it seems kind of gimmicky. Like, but I mean, it's plausible. Like I said, yeah. I mean, I I, I, I like it. Uh, I think it's I think it's good. We'll see. You know, what happens with this a, a heads up display and what kind of things that they'll be, and how that changes the game. If you, if you have stuff like the play clock, you know, the all, all this information already in your in your, um, you know, I can already hear the old guys playing. Like back in my day, I didn't, I didn't have all that stuff. I was just you know, but. No, no, we'll see it with first down markers, all this stuff. You know, you'll be able to see, you know, have all that stuff that we see on TV in your in your headset. That could be helpful, uh, especially receiver. You know, when your first down is, it's just it's just interesting how that how that could be. But then again, what if technology fails? My helmet went out. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a backup one. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, good news for you. Finally, you can get your Snapchat spectacles. Like yeah, online, instead of at a vending machine, um, they're 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 making them available. You can you can get a hold of them. Yes, you said you tried these, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, you're you're <laughs> you are. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, it, no, you, you try these, and you're 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 a fan of these. I didn't say I was a fan of them. Okay, but you say you get it. I can see the usefulness of them. Got if you're it. a heavy snap, you know, if you're heavy on the Snapchat, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, you don't have to be so attached to your phone, even though you still have to kind of, like, do the, the, the upload from your phone. But the capture is done, you know, 
obviously with the with the eyewear right. with the sunglasses and I think you know they're not I mean the design is not terrible I, I love the fact that it it signals off that you're recording um, to whoever you're recording so they don't feel like it's you know obtrusive um, and I mean yeah I, I love it that it captures HD you know video and audio um, I think yeah for the millennial for the person that's really heavy in Snapchat it's a right. perfect it's a perfect tool um, especially if you're using it for for your brand or if you're using it for you know economic purposes like I think it's a good tool just like you know a, uh, an iPad would be or, or a camera or whatever so I I don't know um, if it's going to be a, a revenue stream for Snapchat. I don't know if it's going to help uh, expand their their brand identity or awareness to other other potential you know consumers. But just, I mean, I just, it just seems kind of gimmicky. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. They they can't possibly be making money on these things. They can't possibly be like flying off the shelves. Um, they can't even be an awareness thing of like, wow, Snapchat's everywhere. Maybe there's something down the road coming that I can't see that, that maybe Snapchat sees. Maybe. Uh, as they're building that giant studio facility down in Venice, which is like Snapchat University if campus. The, if they were able to capture VR um, or like 360 video, then that's well, something different. Yeah, definitely. You know? Or like even even augmented reality type stuff mm-hmm. where you're like, you know, you're seeing stuff, you know. I mean, I mean maybe that's it because Snapchat is... You know, so heavy on the filters. It's all about the filters, the filters, the augmented technology. Snapchat's augmented reality technology is, you know, is is pretty amazing. So maybe it's something that could, I could project a mask on you, right? Or you know, I can I can project something in front of you. Maybe it's that. Right. Maybe that's where it's going. I mean, right. that's probably is where it's going. Actually, I don't want to think about it. Okay, cool. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I just want to touch on the fact. I just want to check in with our boy Ryan Coogler, who is is hard at work on. Um, Black Panther, it, it, it's still we still got a, a, a little over under a year before we even see it, you know. But um, there's yeah, a they just started production like a month ago. Yeah, there there's a uh, an article sort of like getting to know who Cooler is and his whole path, and we've been very vocal about you know his uh, skills and his skill level and, and, and Fruitvale and Creed and all this other stuff. And um, I finally saw Fruitvale. By the way, it took me like eight like three years, and uh, it's fantastic. And uh, but Black Panther says it'd be his most personal film yet, and um, you know Ava DuVernay was just on um, the business. I don't know if you heard that one mm-hmm. talking about how she passed, passed, yeah. you know, but thinks that you know Coogler will thrive in that environment. I, I think so too. Um, I, you know, what, what, what do you think? It's, I think he'll definitely thrive in the environment. He has the proper sensibilities to be able to pull it off, and I think you know the, having the experience of his two previous features with Fruitville station and with um, Creed I think it gives him the the experience and the knowledge to be able to pull off you know this huge big budgeted film I mean he did an indie he did something that was kind of low budget he did something that had you know was a was a, a legacy property that he you know made highly successful and now I mean to be able to blend those two sensibilities together and have have like a very authentic soulful approach to it I think it's going to be a home run Forget that. I think it's going to be a grand slam. I do too. I, I can't imagine this not being. I think the, the character already is great. I think the, the introduction to the character um, in Winter in, um, in Civil War was dope and definitely made uh, us want to see more. Um, 
Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And I like what he does. I mean, a lot of these guys do this, but, you know, you, you stick with what you know. You have your team. You know, the, the, his DP, the, the lady, I forgot her name, but, you know, from from film school, he used her. Yeah. You know, and he's using her all the way from Fruitville all the way to this one. And yeah. I, I love the fact that, you know, you, you kind of have your own, talk about ecosystems with, with social media and brands, like, but same thing with, with the process of being creative. Like, you want to go with the people that you have kind of like a shorthand with and you have chemistry with and, sure. and you grow and build that way. And I love the fact that he has loyalty with, with the people that helped, helped him as well. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and we were able to grow together. Like, exactly. Which is great. Uh, and also, same thing with Ava. Same thing. She talked about how she had to hunker down when she's on those three projects herself. She got her people, like the same editor on 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 uh, Queen Sugar and Thirteen and Wrinkle Over Time. Same same team, same DP. Exactly. All of them working together. I think that's dope. That that's, that's something that I would definitely that would, I would like to you know employ. So, do you think that Kugler? Uh, what do you what do you what do you anticipate Kugler to do after this? Like, do you think he'll he'll skip back down to more of like a Less less big budget blockbuster type of type of film, or more like like a yeah, more like an Oscar contender, something that's more a narrative driven versus action based. I think the thing about Kugler right now is he is in a great place because he's kind of caught in this in this sort of sequel zone right now. He's got two franchises, so because he's got two franchises, he's beholden to make one of those movies every few years, and now he's got two of them. So that's a place that uh, you know directors find themselves in. So what usually happens, I think of like a Christopher Nolan and some of these guys who, 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 who do that. Um, yes, you do, it is coming that one for me, one for them thing, but his next film has to be Creed Two. And then it didn't have to be, but it should be Creed Two because the timing will be right after he finishes this. He's, Creed Two will be great when I'm in Sly is '97, so we gotta get that out of the way. But I agree. I think that I think when he gets out of the next movie that he makes that is not a Creed movie and is not a Black Panther movie, I predict it will be an Oscar winner. I really do because I think whatever that movie is gonna be, he's already gonna he's he will have done the the two big budget genre movies. Um, and then he's going to do something that, that is Oscar. And, and actually, I take it one step further. Kugler's one of those people, like uh, Nolan and like uh, Spielberg, who can make a genre movie and make it Oscar worthy. That's what I was about to say, too. Because Creed could be, maybe Creed gets it, nominated for an Oscar. I mean, it did. You know? I mean, Creed, too. I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. I like the fact that when you, when, you look at, when you look at a lot of the more famous black directors, I think he's setting himself to be the top dog, to be able to have the sophistication to do. A Oscar contender and a blockbuster. Yeah, I mean Spike Lee's never done a blockbuster. I mean, if you say if if you if you say Inside Man, that's not a blockbuster. It's not. <laughs> like, I think that's awesome. even Malcolm X. But but I, I will say that Inside Man and, and and Malcolm X were big budget studio kind of films. They're not Marvel movies. So they're not Marvel movies. Come on. Yes. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is like, yo, like he's setting himself to be able to. To be great in both spheres, I think I don't know of another black director that's been able to do that. Right. I think that's awesome. Uh, Ava, Ava's about to do it with uh, Wrinkle in Time. That's a big budget, hundred oh, million plus. Hey, that's uh, true. Disney movie. That's true. That's a beloved book. That's a huge property. That that's going to be a. I mean, if Disney has it their way, that'll be the that'll be a massive movie. So, that's true. Uh, and then she can turn around and make again the fact that she can make. A TV show on the own network, a documentary, a documentary on Netflix. on Netflix, and then a giant, crazy, big budget, you know, Disney movie is that's uh, dope. Yeah, she's she's the other one. I think that she's um, yeah, never I, went to film school. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a 
true believer in Ava's Ava's abilities at this point. Yeah. Um, so she's dope. Uh, she's definitely she definitely is. Um, moving on, the Switch. People are like, I've, I've yet to even try the Switch. I'm just gonna be honest, but but there's an article like, it, will the Switch overtake the Xbox One as a console of choice? Like, uh, I don't know how that's possible. Are you? Are you what's a, are you, have you checked out the Switch? I mean, I've checked it out just you know editorially. I haven't you know put my hands on it. I haven't seen it. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm not sold. I feel like it's just cheesy. I think it's gimmicky. Maybe it's not for me, my age, my demographic. Maybe it's for a, a different type of gamer or a different a younger a younger consumer. Yep. But I'm not with it. Like, I don't feel it. Yep. Uh, I agree. I have no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong guy because I'm not. I've never been a Nintendo guy, so it's not. You know, I've never been. That's never been my thing. But I feel like it is sort of millennial driven, and so maybe in the, maybe some folks. There are also some Super Nintendo loyalists out there, and also we're talking about Nintendo as a brand that is not not that Sony and Microsoft aren't, but Nintendo is definitely an international brand. So we'll see. We'll see how how well it does. Um, Last thing we'll say is uh, a couple, a couple more things. Cool Star Wars notes. John Williams is back, hard at work, working on uh, the Last Jedi. Like he's doing his thing. I mean, he this will be his. Uh, oh gosh, he's eighty five, so this will be his. I don't know, eighth or well, eight? This eight, yeah, eighth Star Wars movie because there's eight of them. <laughs> this is eighth Star Wars movie, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is great. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big John Williams fan. In fact, he's still doing it at eighty five. He's cool. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, he he's a big part of what makes Star Wars iconic: the music, the yeah. soundtrack, the score. Uh, I like I like that. You know, it's just interesting how they're approaching the film because a lot of times, you know, editors, feature feature film editors will edit without any music, um, or they'll put in temp score, temp music. Right. But they're saying with this approach, with this movie, he's going to create the score. And have the editors kind of respond to that versus, you know, usually, you know, the score is one of the last things that's done. Like now they're moving this up in the workflow. So kind of like making him create, you know, some some cinematic, you know, sound pieces and then having the editors work with that. It's just a different approach, like a, a workflow that I think is not normally seen in movie in movie making. So right. I agree. Um, and, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm sure that he'll make it throughout the rest of them. And I also like that, like he didn't. They, they they kept them to the Star Wars only stuff like mm-hmm. you know the the guys who did uh Rogue Rogue One mm-hmm. um, very Williams esque you know theme but not no, not the real Star Wars theme I'm sure they'll do the same thing with the Han Solo movie which uh, by the way they just uh, released a photo like a, like a, they tweeted out a photo that the Star Wars did Disney did they all tweeted it out of the cast and directors from Miller of the new Han Solo movie, the yet untitled Han Solo movie, with the gang all there. You know, it's, it's, got, it's got Alden Emmerich and, and Donald Glover playing Lando, Amelia Clark, who as as uh, as Khaleesi from Game of Thrones seems to be in every blockbuster now. She was in Terminator. She's like you know, doing, she's doing it outside of Game of Thrones. She's in it. Woody Harrelson's in it. I don't know what Woody Harrelson's doing it. Um... You know, it's it's yeah, and Christopher Lord and 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 uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who I think I'm a big fans of. We're big fans of because uh, from Sun Zorn and the Lego Movie and Last Man on Earth and Last Man on Earth and some other big one they're doing uh, the time travel one, making history, making history. It's coming. Uh, Lord Miller, I think, are incredible. The fact that they're doing this movie, uh, I have high, high, super high hopes for it. I yeah, know. I mean, I, th- I, th- I mean, we talk about. Uh, 
just expansion and just you know what they're able to to touch in both the tv world and film world i think i mean the fact that they're a duo i think it's awesome they're able to yep. do that and you know they have a voice i hope they get it right you know yep i agree uh that's all i got that's all that's it for today anything else you want to add talk about what do you think about Magic being president of the operations of Lakers basketball? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. There's all these conflicting, sort of conflicting views on it and conflicting reports on it about like Magic because last time, last time he was there, he came as coach and it was this and that and the other. Um, you know, people making jokes like Hope he's better at this and he is in a TV show. Like Magic, I don't know. Some people think that like these guys, like Phil and 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 Magic, are so far removed from what it takes on the day to day grind of basketball as as an operations guy with all the advanced metrics and the scouts and scouting people in Italy and all the stuff that these guys have to do on a regular basis. Um, that you can't just breeze in and, and talk and, and do it. But I believe, as Magic says. Part of it is just putting all the right people in place, and yeah. then you use your thing. You use your top down, you know, sort of ability to to make it work. I'm 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 happy about this. I'm happy about it too. I think Magic has a, a great brand. He's respected within the basketball world, within the business world, and he has he has good entrepreneurial, you know, mindset. So I right. think that he's done he's done a you know phenomenal job with both the Sparks and the Dodgers. Like I mean, he has he has the breadth of experience. He has the team, the infrastructure, and like I said, he has the the basketball acumen and the relationships to be able to to pull in the proper talent and resources to make the organization successful. I think it's dope that you know player now becomes president. I, I, I love stories like that, and he's been wanting to be up at that level with the Lakers for a long time, so it's good. And I want to ask, I, I wasn't able to read the story, but obviously, is he? Is he still a part of the Dodgers? The Dodgers I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's current. I don't know if that's current. Okay, because yeah. I know that he. I mean, he was just his ownership group, right? Like the Dodgers. Group. So it wasn't yeah. like he wasn't in like down there like making decisions. Well, he so was he a could big st- part of it. He could still be part owner and still be president of the. He can have two jobs in L.A. Why not? You know. Uh, I, I really love that Magic, a guy who sort of came from Michigan and became sort of like the face of Los Angeles all through the all through the entire eighties. Um, you know, a guy in seventy nine was a face of Los Angeles yeah. through the entire eighties, really, basically all into the early nineties. Is now, I mean, this dude could be the mayor. He could be the mayor of Los Angeles. He could be the, he could be the governor, but you know, California. He right, exactly. the fact that he's he's now involved in the Sparks, the Lakers, and the Dodgers. I think it's great. Yeah, and not just that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, and, that's and just Starbucks sports. That's just and sports. Starbucks and Fat Burgers and Fridays and all this stuff. So, so my last one, real quick. Yeah. I don't know if you if you caught the article this week about Jay Z starting a venture capitalist fund. No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, tell me. Hove is 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 doing what Nas has been doing, and he wants to he wants to start he wants to become a VC where he you know does you know series uh, round series one of investing for you know tech companies, and so oh. I think he already has an investment in Uber. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something that they announced this week that he's going to be doing, you know, more uh, adamantly and more, huh. yeah, just more visibly. So oh. all of you, you know, potential startups or whoever has an idea, Hove, Hove might acquire you. Give me some money, Hove, please. Right. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. And we, as you, we talked about, like Nas has been in the game for a long time, kind of on the low, like just is is, is diversified in multiple, multiple, multiple companies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I guess he's uh, the, the the Nas Jay Z battles re, 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 <laughs> ether <laughs> ether is uh, sort of reignited. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, cool. I, I think that's it. Um, oh, the Jordan Peele movie Get Out is getting crazy review. One hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 
it's getting crazy reviews and I thought that because it was released in February that the, the studio might be trying to like ah, maybe not be good but the truth of the matter is sometimes the, the studios put stuff in February where they don't know what else to do with it and they didn't know what to do with it they put it in February and it's a horror movie Jordan Peele uh, it's, it's got some it got some, some deep 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 racial subtext in it it's supposed to be great I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah I'm looking forward to seeing it too I yeah. mean the trailer looks <laughs> looks hilarious yeah it does uh, <laughs> especially with my man from Atlanta exactly doing the handshake Snoop. yeah Snoop yeah. with the handshake right now uh, alright thank you uh, where can the people find you sir find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine A-K-I-L-I S-H-I-N-E uh, you can find me on Instagram Twitter at J-O-K at J-O-K Braswell uh, we will see you next week with some hopefully some Oscar good news we'll go from there thanks bye from executives Kevin Undergaro Dario Kristen Tiana Hobson and the entire BHL staff we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment for questions and comments contact us info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on Facebook Tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.